Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Buffering the Vampire Slayer, a podcast where we are now discussing season eight of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, spoiler free, as canonically written for Dark Horse Comics. I'm Jenny Owen Youngs. And I am Kristen Russo. And this episode, we're talking about The Long Way Home, parts one through four, and The Chain. The Long Way Home was originally released from March 14th through June 6th, 2007. And The Chain was originally released. July 25th, 2007. And these are the comics where Dawn is a giant, Amy is dating a skinless Warren, there's a new symbol to decode, there's three Buffies, and Xander is being a bitch in a turtleneck. That's written by Kristen Russo. (laughs) Oh, that didn't come from IMDb? That didn't come from IMDb or Dark Horse. That is an original uh, summary written by Kristen Nolene Russo. Uh... Jenny, something that we don't say in our little intro, but that I would like to establish here in the first comic episode is that I have never read a damn issue of any of these comics. Uh, So everything is brand new to me and I'm not reading ahead. So I only know what happens Mm. through the end of the chain. Have you read a single comic book in your whole life? <laughs> Only the ones that you had have had me read. Um, the Runaways I, I read, mm. which I really liked. Mm. Um, and then I've read like g- some graphic novels, Persepolis and Mouse mm. and yep, yep. Um, a couple others. But I, I am not a very big comic reader. Uh, and I, I want to say at the jump that like, I enjoy reading comics, but also it was so fun for me to read the at least the first four issues of uh, The Long Way Home because I knew all of the people and I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> the whole time. It's so nice to see old friends. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's a spoiler to say that the next big arc that we're going to read, No Future for You, was written by Brian K. Vaughn, who created and wrote The Runaways why the last man is uh, still writing saga maybe wow the greatest comic series of the modern era wow how how long has saga been happening for i mean uh, what a saga am i right time <laughs> <laughs> uh they took a break they took like a big break they uh-huh. took a break for like a year or something um they're in the 60s now i think wow issue wise is that right is it like like if we put if we stacked Saga up against The Simpsons, who would who would win? The Simpsons in terms of longevity, if that's what you mean. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Okay, uh, Saga began in 2012, uh, but oh. they were on hiatus. Oh gosh, from July 2018 to January 2022. Oh my gosh, so <laughs> they, they just like a, 
They just came back. Yeah, they just came back. Wow. Okay. Wow. That's exciting. Um, uh, yeah. I have never read Saga. I have really wanted to read Why the Last Man. For It's been on my list for a long time. Uh, I also just want to say that I am a very, and I think you are too, Jenny, I'm a very like tactile person. Like the satisfaction mm. that I uh, had from holding this comic book in my hands. I shouldn't say that. It's the, um, I am reading from the omnibus. Um, but like turning the pages was just such a wonderful new way to take in what's happening with Buffy and her pals. Uh, yeah. I, I recently, and I know we talked about it in, in the podcast at some point, maybe multiple times, but I recently saw, uh, the house of what is it? What's the book that you have to flip upside down 50 times? The House of... House of Leaves. Leaves. It's The House of Yes and the House of Leaves are forever intertwined in my brain, and I can never remember which one's called which. But um, it just reminded me of how satisfying that book was to read because you have to have it in physical form. Like, there is no other way that you can really experience the House of Leaves. Anyway, it was just very fun to sit on my couch and turn, like, glossy comic pages as I read this. Mm. Is very satisfying indeed. Uh, for those of you whose keyboards I can hear click clacking, I'm going to just let Kristen know right now that it's House of Leaves, no the, <laughs> and the House of Yes. So that's a, that's one way to tell them apart. <laughs> sure. It's just I don't remember any leaves in House of Leaves. <laughs> so like, <laughs> I don't know how I'm supposed to keep them sh- straight. And there's I don't really remember too much yesing in the House of Yes. But uh, uh, I'll try my best, everyone, okay? <laughs> uh, that's all we can ask of you, Kristen. <laughs> um, so, Jenny, we're going to try to keep to the original buffering format, which is basically like ep- like following scene by scene. And I feel like, you know how every episode of television has like sort of four, not every episode, but every episode of Buffy and every like hour long episode of television generally has like four acts, right? There's like three breaks between things. I feel like the the four parts of The Long Way Home are our four acts of a show. And so we're going to follow them like, you know, like we normally do, sort of chronologically, but dipping in and out of various bits as we as we please. Um, and Jenny, with that in mind, I want to say that we really hit the ground running with some serious hell math in issue one. Uh, oh, yeah, like. 1800 minus 500 <laughs> divided by 10. 10. I wrote down 1800 <laughs> slayers, 500 working with Buffy in 10 squads. Also, P.S. There are three of Buffy. Also, carry the carry the two uh, Buffies because there are now three. Yeah, 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 yeah. Generally speaking, and I also want to establish this, I think, Jenny, you're going to have a bit more reading comprehension than me, having A, read these before, and B, being a comics reader, uh, because there are, like, the chain, when we get there, this is going to be me. I don't know. I don't know. I don't understand what's happening here. That's... (laughs) (laughs) Um, But what I gather from the jump at issue one is that there are three Buffies, one is the one that we start with who's in Scotland. Then there's one in Rome who's not the real Buffy, but is like a slayer sort of like made to look like Buffy. And then there's one underground also made to look like Buffy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Um, 
part of Rome Buffy's cover is that she's supposedly dating some guy called the Immortal. I encourage you all to write this down in your Shanshu prophecies <laughs> unless you've already seen season five of Angel in its fullness, in which case you're already in on the joke. <laughs> Yeah, we're, we just realized in taping this that we're in this weird middle space of like, we haven't finished Angel season five in our universe, but the comics were released after Angel season five was finished. Mm-hmm. So, you know, bear with us. OK, we're doing our best here. Indeed. Uh, <laughs> um, OK, my next note after learning about Rome and Underground and the Immortal from Andrew is that Xander is now saying five by five and also Xander is wearing a full turtleneck situation. Yeah, he's got his little Nick Fury outfit on. Yeah. And I celebrate this look for Xander. I am very upset with Xander in this four, ep- four episode, four issue arc. Um, I, uh, why? What? Why ever four? Um, he is a whiny baby for half of the time and a commanding hmm. officer for half of the time. I don't like this, like, relationship between him and the girl who has, like, a massive crush on him. I'm going to be, like, very honest and say, like, I can no longer separate Xander Harris in any way, shape, or form from Joss Whedon. And I, so, like, I will, I don't think that it can be uh, an experience that I have to intake Xander as just Xander. So I'll never know if (laughs) I'll never know. But I just, I was just really, really grossed out by a lot of the Xanderisms in this, uh, for issue arc. I just didn't like it. I didn't like the way that like the girl, this girl, I don't know. Does she have, does she get a name in the, um, comics yet because maybe that maybe it was said like very briefly but I didn't uh pick it up but there's one of the one of the slayers I assume that everyone is who's like working alongside the team here is a slayer in some capacity but I guess there's also I assume the same her name is Renee Renee okay so um I just found it very difficult to digest that Renee is like falling over herself it just absolutely like we learn that she's like learning how to drywall and she's like reading comics and she's doing all the things you do when you have a crush on somebody for Xander and then the one scene that we like really get between the two of them it's like her being like I fucked up so bad I'm so bad at everything I'm so horrible and Xander just being like you know uh, it's so stupid that you would ever say that. Like, I, 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 just like the way that the dynamic was just, it just felt gross to me, Jenny. I did not like it. And then I also felt like there were moments when Xander was like back to being super baby Xander. And in contrast with how he was like so commanding at the helm with his turtleneck and glasses, I just didn't like it. And I, and I admittedly can't unbraid the the creator from this character so I don't know I'm curious about the your thoughts and also like if you're listening to this pod and reading or have read these comics what your thoughts are on this in this first uh, uh four issue arc uh you know maybe it's just because there's a lot going on in these comics but uh it did not hit me like that um but I'm interested to hear in greater detail as we move forward, uh, more about your feelings. Can we talk about Don being a giant? Because that's my next note. Uh, we can. And this is <laughs> an old familiar 
uh, Buffy trope, women being punished for having sex. <laughs> sex with a thrice wise. Are we supposed to know what a thrice wise is? Or is the joke that nobody knows, but they all reference it so casually? Um, oh, uh, <laughs> let's just I've done some Googling. <laughs> oh, Lord. And I'm going to encourage you not to do any Googling, Kristen. In my mind, and- thrice wise is just three penny wises. That's what a thrice wise is. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're just going to put a pin in that. In that. Um, I don't know if I'll be interested to hear when we get there what you think would be worse. The actual thrice wise or three, three penny wises. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> um, listen, I'm obsessed with Dawn being a giant. I know it's super dramatic and super ridiculous, but I screamed when I got to this part and realized because like it took me, it took my brain a moment to just really, really understand that she was a giant. Like the the way that the like pictures are drawn and what have you, clearly she's a giant. But sometimes in comics they like fuck around with perspective. So I like sat and was like, wait, for real, she's a giant? Shut up. <laughs> Yeah, I love the choice to um, welcome to podcasts, a visual medium. I'm going to describe an image to everyone listening. I love the choice to split this two page spread of Dawn's giant introduction into four vertical panels. And we get Buffy at the base of the stairs, then Buffy at the first stair landing, then Buffy laying at the top of the stairs, looking at Dawn upside down, and then Buffy, you know, around the balcony opening the door looking out on the moors and also talking to to dawn i I, like we get obviously dawn is huge but we get this this great scope by uh, buffy sort of like trotting all around her while they have their sister sister talk yeah it's really cute there's a line at one point that buffy has where she's like why is it that like the minute i start talking to her i'm immediately 12 like we're both 12 again which i feel like is so accurate for sibling a lot of sibling relationships like no matter how grown you are when you're like in a space with a sibling you just revert back to like the root of your relationship when you were children yeah Um, and we learn that like since the since we last saw them Dawn and Buffy have been on the outs which I think is really important and I think like very like it makes a lot of sense to me that it's sort of painted as like well she was her one sister and now Buffy has like you know 1799 sisters we are to believe Um, (laughs) and Dawn is having a lot of feelings about that which I think makes sense yeah this Dawn is not in an easy position here this is like very difficult this is like the episode where amanda became a potential times a million yeah yeah times a million and for every multiplication she got one inch bigger (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh uh, she's drinking out of barrels uh it's i don't even want to think about some of the practical aspects yeah good luck don what do you think she brushes her teeth with a tree branch, maybe? <laughs> oh, or a, uh, a um, what are those, like a push broom? A push broom. That's what I was thinking. A giant push broom. Um, but she, probably she can't even use toothpaste because how could you ever buy that much toothpaste for a girl? Also, yeah. who made her clothes? Also, how does she maybe... wash her clothes? Okay, so I think that her clothes got giant with her when she gianted. And I think she washes her clothes in the same pond that she's going to take a bath in later. 
<sighs> I wish that Miss Kitty Fantastico was here simply so that Giant Dawn could hold Tiny Kitty Fantastico. That sounds actually dangerous, Kristen. No, she would be so gentle. She, I know that we learned she's not proportionately strong, but I also feel confident that she doesn't understand her own strength. Fair. <laughs> um, she's probably so mad that all of her uh, shoplifted jewelry doesn't fit anymore, you know? She returned all of that, Kristen. <laughs> so, okay, so my last notes on the first issue are... Uh, oh, okay. So they're in Scotland because I didn't yet figure out where the like main action was taking place. And then, oh my fucking God, Amy. That's my last note. <laughs> oh, yeah. Before we get to Amy, actually, um, there are a few things we should touch on um, that we have not. Uh, just for larger plot reasons. Um, the very uh, beginning of the issue, we see Buffy and her squad of slayers busting into a church to kill some big green demony guys they find a human victim or a couple human victims and at least one of them has a scar on his chest and then way up in the sky someone in black boots and a black duster or cape is hovering looking down meanwhile the government up to no good if you can believe it they're heading into Sunnydale, uh, talking a lot of smack about Buffy, saying, look what she did to her hometown as they helicopter over a gigantic hellmouth hole. Um, they send a guy down, deep down into the hellmouth to do a little searching, and uh, something down there spooks him. Uh-oh. We later find out Yes, that it apparently was Amy and her boyfriend, question mark. Yeah. Uh, she wants to, uh, she's willing to help this government operation take down Buffy Summers. Also, she wants cheese. <laughs> yeah. And the way that it's revealed is great because, at least for me, first time reader, you get to the cheese part first before you turn the page to get the reveal that it's Amy. And so it's like, and she, like, it's like they're calling them like something one and something two, subject one and subject two or whatever in this like army situation. And uh, it's like they're so grossed out by the the coupling and they don't say why. And then you get the and she just keeps asking for cheese. And in my issue, it's a full ter page turn to get to the next page. So I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> it can only be one person and it must be my Amy. And there she was all glowy. She's like souped up on power. Yeah, she's... Uh... Well, she's looking like she's been underground for a while, yeah. but um, she's not going to let that stop her from having a good time. Finally. Oh, I don't know if there's more to say about issue one, but I saw my first note for issue two and I got excited. Oh, one other thing that I wanted to say about issue one is that um, while Xander and Buffy are studying the scar uh, that they find on one of the Green Demon's victims... 
Uh, Xander says he thinks it looks like a guy with a monocle frowning. <laughs> and Buffy says she thinks it's a beautiful sunset, which is hilarious. Also, I can really see the sunset. I struggled to, I looked really closely and tried to like magic eye the thing that Xander saw, but I couldn't get it. I couldn't grab the mm. monocle. Uh, it's a nice symbol, I have to say. A lot of the symbols that we see carved into people's bodies are just not great to look at, but this one's very beautiful. Oh my God, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Tell me more about all of these symbols you've been observing carved into people's bodies lately. I don't know. I was thinking about, like, the bringer's eyes and, like, you oh, know what yeah. I mean? Just, like, usually when you see a thing that's, like, the mark of someone, it's this is very lyrical. The lines are smooth yeah. and nice. It's just very, it's a, it's a nice symbol. <laughs> <laughs> um... Okay, so Giles is my first note of issue two because I was deeply let down when in the, in issue one it was like my watcher and then it was Xander with a fucking eye patch and his turtle. This might be contributing to your anti Xander feelings. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but Giles and Andrew uh, enter in the beginning of issue two, Giles being a standard Giles and Andrew being as big of an Andrew as he's ever been. We We see him with a gaggle of slayers uh, surrounding him. And he's he's discussing, I think, the least believable thing about uh, Star Wars. Which Star Wars is the one with Lando and the Ewoks? Okay, yeah, I think it's uh, Empire Strikes Back. Okay. Well, I have to say, Jenny, that um, Andrew talks, it seems like he's talking a lot of shit about Lando's outfit. And I, for one fucking love Lando's outfit and I love his cape and I love him so I disagree with Andrew's take I would I would let well, every Ewok go if it meant I got to keep Lando I think that um the root of Andrew's issue is all the way at the end of his monologue which in which he says that outfit gets you beat up is what especially at a right. pep rally in junior high where you're supposed to be dressed like a cougar <laughs> from a friend I heard that yeah that's fair that's fair um one of my favorite parts about the this arc is this Slayer who repeatedly is just like, but can't we just have guns? Guys, can we get guns? I want, I just really want guns. And everyone is like, Boo. absolutely not. Sit down. <laughs> there are no guns here. Sit down. <laughs> so, and just, just to zoom out for a second, because I don't think we've explicitly stated, especially because we don't know um, if you're listening and you're not reading the comics, we want to make sure you understand what we're talking about uh, as best we can ensure uh, we're seeing Giles doing some training with a squad of slayers that he's in charge of. We're seeing Buffy doing some training with a squad of slayers that she's in charge of, um, including a slayer named Setsu who's having her best hair ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Andrew allegedly training <laughs> with these girls, uh, but really just talking about Lando Calrissian's outfit. Now, who's in charge of the other seven squadrons of Slayers. I mean, it's incredible that you even knew that that was what was happening, Jenny. The, I didn't even know that that was happening. So that's great. They're all Are they all in different places or are they all in Scotland? Can you tell me that no, too? A- um, Andrew is in or near Rome. I think they say where Andrew is at some point. Okay. But he's, when, when uh, Rome needs reinforcements, Andrew is closest. Uh, Buffy's in Scotland. And then where is Giles? Where in the world is Rupert Giles? It's, I feel like there's very distinct architecture 
in his panels, but I don't know where it is. I am all for, I think that you should just begin each issue with orienting all of us in the space, because even though I'm reading, I mostly, I'm like, what? What? And then by the end of the issue, I'm like, oh, oh. So when you mm. hear me talking linearly, that is how my mind experienced the comic. And I think probably your knowledge of what's happening will help. <laughs> yeah, maybe um, <laughs> maybe for our next episode, uh, I'll I'll prep in that way and I can give issue overviews just for like the big plot points. Great. And then we can get into Kristen's nitty gritty. Great. Speaking of nitty and gritty, uh, Don is bathing in a pond that is somehow, it's just surprisingly deep is what it is for how <laughs> small it is. Maybe the first thing that, the, that this squad of Slayers did was dig a very deep hole for Don <clears throat> and fill yeah, it with that's, water. Yeah, that's possible. Um, a note that I have here about this mark is that, so we get, we, we're also going to this like army situation where Amy is, which is right near Sunnydale, right? Like their headquarters is right outside of the Hellmouth. Yes. And the guy who's like, try, he's like arguing with the main army guy. He's the mad, I call the magic guy an army guy. And the magic guy is like, yo, you can't just use your army stuff. Sometimes magic is magic and you need to like, you know, follow those rules. And like the things that I'm doing are also important. And magic guy has the same mark on his chest as the dead guys. Oh my God. That's what I said. <laughs> Uh, then I guess, so I was so confused because I didn't understand we were in a dream for the next section of this issue, which is that Buffy and Xander are talking and he's like, listen, maybe Dawn did this to herself subconsciously. Like we've seen spells like this before where you like manifest this thing. And, uh, maybe that's like why she slept with this thrice wise guy or like she slept with this thrice wise guy and the, and the like whammy on her was that her insecurities would manifest. And then Buffy's like. But are you coming to bed? And then she takes Xander, <laughs> and then she takes Xander into the room, and I'm like, no, no, what, no? And then Xander's like, but you have to be careful with me. And then she kisses him, and then his head pops off, and then she falls through the dark, and Amy is standing above her with a weird dagger, and then we learn that she's trapped. In a <laughs> when Kristen says Buffy falls through the dark, uh, what she means is Buffy flies out of the castle window into the waiting claws of a gigantic like dragon gargoyle demon thing that then incinerates her <laughs> and all of that was like where i the reason that i was like what is happening is because i could not find the line between what was really happening and when and what was her dream like did buffy and xander really have the conversation about dawn or was that her dream too Mm. I'm just learning to read comics, you guys. Okay. <laughs> well, this is a confusing one, and okay. I'm sure. <laughs> but regardless, uh, she's not smooching Xander, and Xander's head is attached to his body, so that's good. And this bit that we learn next is true, which is the only thing that can wake her up from this sleep <gasps> she's trapped in is a kiss of true love. 
He has a kiss from someone who is in love with Buffy and devoted to her. Oh, my God. And we don't even know who it is still, Jenny. All, all I read all five issues and I still don't yep. know who the fuck is in love with her. Yeah. Well, um, I hope it's that's Satsu. I don't even think. Is Satsu there? I don't understand. There's three Buffies. It's too much for a Kristen to, to hang on to. I don't understand which Buffy <laughs> is telling Satsu. To, you know what I mean? Um, I need a mm-hmm. minute, you mm-hmm. guys. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I hope it's Satsu. Because um, then two girls with beautiful hair smooching. Oh, love to see it. <laughs> well, outside on the ramparts. Are those ramparts? What is that um, word? I don't even know what that word is. You know, or the ramparts we oh. watched. <laughs> I do know, but I have known that forever and never wondered what it was. So. A defensive wall of a castle or walled city. Nice. I nailed it. These are ramparts. Okay, so Renee and another Slayer are out on the ramparts talking about Renee's crush on Xander. And then all of a sudden, what to their wondering eyes should appear? <laughs> But a whole fuckload of zombies just climbing up the wall, just straight up. Just some fucking white walkers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where's Jon Snow? Is he at the wall? Is this the same wall? This is <laughs> not the same wall, Kristen. <laughs> uh, okay, so. Oh, God. So we ended issue one with this big reveal of Amy, and we end issue two with this fucking beautiful reveal of Willow, who no one has known where Willow has been for, like, we're to believe, what, like a year has passed since um, Sunnydale imploded into itself? Hmm. Do we know? I think that that's, I think it's, like, the conversation around Willow being gone is, like, where have you been for the last year? Like, in my Mm. brain, it was, like, about a year. Um... But Amy says, like, all of this, all of this power I have, look at all of these slayers. There's so many of them and not one of them can take me. And the last page of this issue is Willow being like, uh, I'd like to test that theory. She she specifically yeah. is, specifically is quoting Giles. Hot. Good. Great. We also get in Buffy's dream space. Perhaps the same body in the duster. Right. Red t-shirt reaching out to her saying, I have so much I need to show you, my love. And it can be a, it can be a surprise and a secret in a comic book because we can't hear his voice. We can only read his words. Oh, that's a good point. This is, and I just like, I assume, like, I knew it wasn't Spike, but also it's drawn very much in the colorings of Spike, I think. Don't you think? The reds and the blacks. But also Angel. <laughs> That's true. Uh, I, I'm going to suggest that if anyone is like me, Kristen Russo, that that has not, never read these and read them one time, that you all come on a journey with me of reading them again. Because I think that like knowing, knowing what I know by the end of issue four would really help me going back to the beginning again to like contextualize some stuff that I was confused about um Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and like see things that I didn't see before so I'm gonna I'm going to try to reread uh these four uh before we go to the next set oh I think that's such a good idea thank you um well we find out in issue three who the fuck this guy is and I screamed again (laughs) I screamed for Amy I screamed for Willow and I screamed for Ethan Rain. It's so 
nice to see old friends. <sighs> the only downside of Ethan Rain being here is that he doesn't interact with Giles even one single time. <laughs> Well, <laughs> anything could happen. That's true. No, but he's dead, I thought. His, his, he's I dead. don't know. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, something that I would love to talk about an issue. Okay, so wait, Jenny, do your overview of issue three so that we're all oriented. Okay. So what do we have going on in issue three? We've got Ethan taking Buffy on uh, a little tour of her dream space. We've got Willow and Amy clashing. Willow absor- <laughs> Willow absorbing Amy's mojo so she can decode it. Uh, Ethan and Buffy coming upon a very horny dream image, which we can talk about in a second. <laughs> uh, Willow and... It's not looking great for Willow, Uh Amy does a little pixely blast on her, but then um, Dawn shows up and stomps Amy. Ethan gets Buffy all the way to a rat cage in her dream space and things start to aha. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then Willow instructs everyone to close their eyes because somebody in this room is in love with Buffy Summers and uh, the person who is is going to give Buffy a smooch. Uh, while everyone else has their eyes closed and uh, that they do and Buffy shoots up and yells cinnamon buns <laughs> uh, what else happens couple things uh, Giles talks to a green demon much like the ones that uh, Buffy killed in the first issue uh, and they come to the conclusion together that someone's engineering this conflict. Uh, and Giles shows <laughs> the green demon a little drawing of the uh, the uh, monocle frown. And the guy's like, doesn't look like anything to me. <laughs> uh, Andrew's playing strip poker with Slayers. Xander visits Renee in the uh, recovery room. Willow is trying to do a little trace on Amy, but uh-oh, it's a trap. It's a portal. Willow gets sucked through it, tied down to a table, and who's going to do whatever they're going to do to her? It's Warren with no skin. This is rude. Take it back, Jenny. Please take it back. I don't want I it. Can't. Nobody wants it. Uh. Okay. Focus on the positive, Kristen. Let's begin. Let's go back to the beginning of part three. And let's focus on the fact that in one of her dream spaces, Buffy is wearing a little nurse's uniform and she is chained in between a naked spike and a naked angel, just like the good Lord intended. So, okay. Before we get, just one page before we get there, though, I know it's hard to look at this two page spread and see anything except for the image that Jenny just described. I do want to say that the way that Ethan Rain describes a dreamscape is very cool, and I would love to read it, if that's cool. Yes. He says, we're not in your dream. We're in your dream space. 
In brief, you are always dreaming every dream you could dream all the time. Even when you're awake, a part of your brain is stirring that brew. Which one you choose to remember in the morning is based on wishes, anxieties, in your case, to Buffy, your collective Slayer memory and prophecies are mixed in as well. It's a vast and fascinating place everywhere you turn a part of you. I think this is one of the most beautiful things I've ever read in my life. I like was obsessed. So beautiful. It's so fucking beautiful. It's such a, it's just like a very cool conceptualization of dreaming. Yeah, it feels like it's it came right out of Sandman. Right, which I actually know about now because I watched the TV show. Oh boy. Well, I mean, it's better than <laughs> no. Nothing. That's good. That's really good. <laughs> Um. Yeah. I just. Uh, that's all. I just. I just think it's so fucking cool, and I love the way it's written. And um. That's all. And my next question. So the, the let's talk about this drawing of it's Angel and Spike looking good. And this is Buffy's dream space. That's right. There's some cherubs. I think are they, these are cherubs, sort of like to the right and the left, just like look, yeah, looking at their love. There's um a bunch of like stakes just sort of like floating in the air. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and my big question really though is Buffy is in a nurse's outfit, and like I'm down if this is Buffy's fantasy of herself, but it seems like a little bit of a stretch. Uh, but also, I don't know. I've never fantasized about myself in a nurse's uniform. But please write well, think in. about it this way. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Buffy is, her whole existence is about, uh, dealing death. So there could be something very appealing to her about the idea of being a healer. (laughs) Okay. Yes. No, that's good. I just did not see you taking that angle, but I love it. Um, (laughs) also Spike and Angel are so close to each other. Like they're not yeah. they're not even properly on either side of Buffy in this drawing. They're like one third behind Buffy, two thirds next to Buffy. And I would love to know what's happening with the third I can't see. Yeah. Well, what I can tell you is that behind them, a volcano appears to be erupting violently. <laughs> mm. Okay. The other thing that I want to talk about in Buffy's dreamscape uh, visually, because there's a whole, like, we uh, clearly we're going to talk about Amy and Willow, but a few pages uh, after the spike and angel and chains of it all, we get another, like, illustration that shows her dreamscape. And it's really cool. Like, uh, there's a panel where, like, little Buffy is falling through a larger panel of her, like, walking down the hallway at school. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then there's like all these cubes that sort of have all of the various things that are part of her dreamscape. And so I, d- I definitely don't know what all of them are, um, but we definitely see that Faith uh, is here. So I put a note. Oh, well, yeah. Featured prominently in the old dream space. Of course. Um, Dawn is here. Clearly Angel is here. The vampire book is here. Uh, graduation is here. The master is here. But Jenny, my favorite thing in this drawing is that up at the top, the uh, Buffy and Angel Forever uh, oh, yeah. is here. The 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 scratch that she put on her notebook when she was falling in love with Angel, Buffy wow. and Angel Forever. It's here, guys. Honk. <laughs> Incredible. 
When Willow absorbs uh, Amy's power, she does it in bug form? Is that... There's bugs. You know... Who can say... This is very the mummy. <laughs> yeah. Um, you always talk about b- uh, bugs and people in reference to the X-Files, so I thought maybe it was <laughs> X-File-y, but I don't know. Oh, speaking of X's... Um, mm. The, there's three X's that also see in our symbology department. We now mm. have a new symbology to place as a symbology of interest. We've got the sunset slash upside down frown with a monocle. Uh, mm-hmm. And we also now have three X's. Ethan is sort of like inside of three X's inside of her dreamscape. Right. Yeah. And are you so offended that Buffy says three X's, uh, that either means Vin Diesel or porn, neither of which is real attractive. Yeah, rude. So clearly How she needs dare. some notes on what is attractive. Um, <laughs> meaning Vin Diesel, of course. <laughs> I don't care about porn. <laughs> As we all know. Okay, so Jenny, this, this sort of uh, Renee Xander situation... Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go like beat by beat of of I think what bothered me here, but one of the things that bothers me a little bit, and I think that this is part of this is just like not having read comics a lot. I just don't love the way that Renee is drawn as like a wounded fighter. It's very sexualized to me. And so I think that immediately put me on like a mm, like a bad taste in my mouth kind of a vibe. Like she's like injured and bleeding. But like the way that she's drawn in the panels is like looking coyly over her like bloody shoulder and like the the like dip of her waist. So I think that already set me off as like a eh, that doesn't feel good to me. Um mm-hmm. And then there's this exchange that they have um, where, you know, Xander's being sarcastic as a means of comforting Renee because Renee feels bad about the zombies. And Xander's approach is to be like, uh, that's stupid that you would ever think that here's all the reasons that you would be good. And she says, you're so butch. And he says, almost a masculine, almost a kind of masculine vibe, don't you think? And that line, I think that was the line where I was really like, I feel gross about this. And I, I don't have the words to like, truly express why but there's just something about the like overt sexualization that seems to be happening to like Renee and the drawing of Renee and then combined with like Xander being like I'm so like not masculine like I'm the opposite of masculine but like in many ways as we've known him for many years like behaving in some of the most toxically masculine ways ever And again, Mm -hmm. I can't separate it from a lot of other stuff. So that's, I think, without going into every beat that made me feel icky, like that's an example of one beat that made me feel icky. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, I feel like I'm not like won over by this iteration of Xander, but I also am not like finding it as off-putting as you are. I'm just sort of like, hmm, let's get through this. Yeah. I mean, it's it's Xander. So it's not like surprising to me. I just I I think probably what Nick Brendan brought to Xander and like some there's some there's something like just about like a human embodiment of it, like talking. Today's episode is brought to you by Regal Cinemas. 
If you're anything like me, you deeply enjoy going to the movies. Going to the movies is probably among my top three all-time activities. I love seeing films on the big screen. I also love being around other people who are watching the same movie with me at the same time. And of course, I love eating giant buckets of popcorn. If you feel the same and you like going to the theater, Regal Unlimited is something that just makes sense. Regal Unlimited is the all-you-can-watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two movie visits. You can see any standard 2D movie anytime, no blackout dates, no restrictions. When you want to watch a movie in 4DX or IMAX or RPX or ScreenX, there's so many ways to watch movies these days, your Regal Unlimited membership gets you into those premium experiences at a reduced cost. And with Regal Unlimited, you don't only save money on the tickets, you will also save on your snacks. And as previously mentioned, I love snacks. The only thing that can make me love a snack more is saving money on buying a snack. Members get 10% off of all non-alcoholic concession items with membership. Regal Unlimited, all you can watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two visits. So if you're planning to see two movies this month, join Regal Unlimited and sign up now. You can sign up in the Regal app or on regmovies.com slash unlimited. Sign up for Regal Unlimited using code buffering and earn 10% off your three-month subscription. Please let us know about all of the movies you see and how the popcorn is. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. On screen left more room for me to like see the nuances and and sympathize with the character or what have you than I may be able to pick up from the page. I don't know mm. that. Uh, like we'll see as the, as the comics go on and go forward. But I think that... Um, a lot of the lines that I'm reading off the page maybe default in a way that is not as great as they would if they were spoken out loud, a hunch. Um, but I just, I just don't love it. I'm, you know, I'm not like, oh my God, this is so fucked up. I'm just like, ah, I wanted more. Like, I think that, that I just want a little bit more for Xander. I don't believe as much his like role in the friend group and his like soft supportive side and the way that he like quietly has 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 lifted the cr the crew for six years like I don't see I don't feel it as much in these pages as I want to because that's the part of Xander that I love um it seems like the two extremes of Xander that I don't love as much are like very much the back and forth in this issue in this uh, volume I should say mm -hmm. but we'll see mm -hmm. um <laughs> Jenny an exchange between Willow and Buffy happens that Xander walks in on, and 
Buffy is saying, I was covered in it, simply covered. And Xander is like, what are you guys talking about? And they're like, it's a girl thing. What? Uh, Yeah, what do you think what she you was think? covered in? <laughs> what? Like, I don't, I don't know. I, I really have no hunches and I don't know what they could be talking about that they wouldn't want to share with Xander. So, you know, email your thoughts to bufferingthevampireslayer at gmail.com. Please. Yes. Let us know what you're thinking. There's an alphabet reference in this, uh, which made me think, <laughs> when did Wicked come out? Oh, God, it came out in 2003. That's so long ago. Wow. I know. Um, and then really my only other specific note here is, oh, no, a skinless Warren again. Yeah. <laughs> How many times do we have to go around the Warren track? You know what I mean? Unfortunately, this many times. <laughs> Warren looks like he's stepped directly outside of the bodies exhibit, which I feel like was also probably oh, true. around this, to, like around the wicked time to the early the early aughts. The bodies exhibit was a big deal. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, his little teeth really creep me out, Jenny. I don't like his teeth. Yeah, they're very pink, actually. Yeah. And his nose is so teeny. T- I don't like it. Hmm. Um. Anyway, issue four. Yeah. Indeed. Let me tell you what happens in issue four. Warren's gonna do a little torture. Actually, Warren's gonna do a little lobotomy. Right. Oh, that image of Willow's eyeball. Not good. No, Don't like thank it. you. Take it back. <laughs> uh, we find out that um. Because Amy was following Willow, she started following Warren. And uh, she had allegedly a four-second window after his skin came off uh, before he would die of shock alone. And uh, then he says, her magic is my skin. So really hoping we don't find out more about that. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Keep that. You can keep that, everybody. Um, Dawn is really stressed out. Uh, that Willow has been snaked from them and she's like telling Buffy like please 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 bring her back and then she says she's like a mom to me (laughs) which must be great to hear for Buffy I don't know I mean again like I try to remember that Buffy still is young like it's not like she's suddenly 50 but like I I guess knowing that Dawn views Willow as like a mom figure seems like a given to me you know Tara and Willow were so protective of Dawn when she was so small. So I wished mm-hmm. I wished that Buffy had a little bit more space here in this moment to like understand. But I guess they've been fighting. So I'll let it slide. So it seems like Willow is like being granted refuge by maybe some like earth goddesses. Uh like her her mind, her consciousness is with them while Warren is doing his or trying to do his lobotomy thing. Oh, that's what this this collection of little creatures are. Yeah, that's how I read it anyway. Oh, that's cool. I, I got confused and thought that they were the mystics. And I was like, this is an interesting choice for how we would draw the mystics. Um, I very much appreciate your understanding. Um, for like, for <laughs> I mean, the I could be wrong. Right in if I'm wrong. Yeah. Uh, 
It's determined that when they do get the portal reopened, that Buffy will only be able to take one person with her. So she picks Satsu. Bound and... to bound, bound. You know what I mean? Yep, yep, yep. And uh, she borrows Satsu's lip gloss, I hated which is that. basically first base. I hated it. I hated it. I got mad about it. I'm sorry. Mm. Why? I think it just felt too on the nose to me. Like there were some beats in this that just felt like we know that Buffy is a girl, girl power and can kick ass. The like, let's go kick some ass. Let me borrow your lip gloss. I don't know, Jenny. I just didn't like it at all. You don't want your chapped lips distracting you from your warrioring. Yeah, I just let me let me just look up something real quick here. Okay. What are you looking up? Katy Perry's I Kissed a Girl. Okay. It's cherry chapstick, if that's what you're wondering. Oh, I know what kind of chapstick it is. <laughs> but okay, this is actually this is actually remarkable. Katy Perry's I Kissed a Girl it was released in 2008. So the cinnamon lip gloss actually does predate the cherry chapstick. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I, that's what you thought it was on the note. You thought uh, Katy Perry's cherry chapstick reference was uh, inspiring this? No, I, I, I think that like in my mind, the shorthand of like fucking lesbians being sharing their cherry chapstick is just I don't know I don't know how to unpack my brain for you listeners or for Jenny (laughs) I've been trying to do it for 10 years but there was just something that was like cherry chapstick about it which I actually do support in the Katy Perry space because in 2008 it was hilarious so perhaps I need to apply that same logic to this 2007 comic you know (laughs) um but in 2022 I'm just like don't make these girls share chaps share lip gloss before they go through a portal to fight I want a little more nuance I just it's all Uh I want uh is a little more nuance okay you know, like, um, share a, pop- like, 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 if fucking Buffy needed a hair tie and Satsu gave her a hair tie, I'd be like, fuck yeah. Just, just a little on the nose with the lip gloss. That's all I'm saying. Uh huh. Okay. Okay. So, a good thing to do when you're reopening a portal uh, that was <laughs> used as a trap against you is before you do anything, just set up a really big mirror facing the portal opening so that if your enemies are waiting to blast you, you will just zip that blast right back now here's a question that's what they did that's really incredible here's a question if um i was holding a mirror and someone shot like a laser at me wouldn't the laser just like shatter the mirror (laughs) instead of bouncing back well are they okay so so now that i understand that this is a mirror um what i'm wondering is is it the army shooting something that is li- literal or is it the magic guys shooting something that is magic? You know, it maybe looks like a machine that might be magically powered or something. Because then I buy that a mirror could like if it's magic, I buy that a mirror could bang it back. If it's right, a, right. if it's a laser, then I have to, you know, then I have to ask the professionals, Jenny, the, the laser. Prof- if we have any laser professionals that listen to the laserologists podcast. listening. <laughs> hey, by the way, did you catch somewhere in this journey? There's a fucking one eight call one eight hundred chosen one joke. And I was like, ha, ha, that's our joke. We always make call one eight hundred fucking fill in the blank. Uh. <laughs> um, OK, so they use a mirror. Of course they do. 
um, to get through the portal. Great. And then they're fighting, 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 fighting. Yep, yep. Buffy and Satsu just kicking loads of ass. I fucking love pow, Buffy pow, pow. and Satsu. Yes. Um, also, did we ever think we would see Amy's mom again? Did you? Did anyone? Never. No. They use an image of Amy's mom to break her concentration. Remarkable. Yep. Yep. Also, Incredible. At, some, at some point, there's a doorway in this army place that has the three X's on it. Three X's and then a 30. Well, a 30, which is three X's, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hang tight, because before we get to that door... Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. I didn't finish my little summary, but we're almost at the end of the issue, so, <laughs> so we'll finish it together. Uh, here's a cool feature... Buffy is talking about Willow. She says, I like to think in a way that she's a part of me, that even when she's gone, a part of her is with me because it is. And then Buffy's eyes go black because she has a part of Willow's freaking magic in her. Then she has a magical fist and she's incredible hulking all over the place. How did she get part of Willow in her? Is Willow doing that as like is Willow giving that to her or is that just part yeah, of Buffy I think now? It seems like something that Willow has put in Buffy and maybe there's upkeep. Maybe there's not. Wow. I don't know. Very cool. So now Buffy is double mystical. She's a slayer and has Willow's magic inside of her. Yeah. 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 Unfortunately, Jenny, I have to just tell you, I didn't even realize that that happened. I, like I just I'm really really <laughs> learning that I need to spend more time decoding the panels and do a better job. Is it, I I would like to take or, ownership or yeah. or you could just stay your wonderful self and then I could explain to you <laughs> what you've missed and then you can go back and read the the pages again with a renewed understanding. Yes. Yeah, that's true. I think that like my brain I'm sure it'll be different as we go deeper and deeper into the comics but I think like my brain doesn't quite understand that like illustrations in comics are are often literal, you know. So like I was just like this, there Buffy's fighting. Oh, she's just fighting in green now. Like I didn't. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I didn't. Oh, her eyes are black, but it just must be that she's like real mad. Like I did not put any of it together because I am a ding dong. So <laughs> thanks. Uh. I guess Buffy's got some kind of mystical body cam going on because Xander and crew can see everything that she's up to back at headquarters. And uh, once they get the feet of Willow alive and well, Xander's like, hey, hey, let's uh, stop patting ourselves on the back until we have extraction. And also someone asked Dawn to stop jumping up and down because <laughs> the whole frame and everything in the frame is shaking. That was one of my favorite lines in, in the whole read, actually. It just got me. It was like a very well-timed joke. And I could picture Dawn throwing a fucking excited... What's an excited tantrum? <laughs> Whatever that is. Um, we haven't really talked about this, but I feel like it at least bears mentioning that um, the scythe axe is alive and well. Um, it's In full effect. In full effect. Buffy has gone through the portal with it. Um, it's like Buffy, Satsu, a, a piece of willow, and the axe scythe are, have all arrived on the scene. <laughs> and a grenade? Where did the grenade come from? Don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> uh, we come to the door that you mentioned before, Kristen. 
the deal is that if the government is ever involved, there's going to be a door with a number on it that will be the, you know, the key to something. Yeah, yeah. And in this case, it's the number 30. And uh, Buffy recalls from earlier in her dream space finding the three X's, Roman numerals for 30. Roman numerals are like burned into my brain. Do children still learn Roman numerals? Because we really had to learn them. Are you a child? <laughs> Are you currently learning your Roman numerals? If so, first of all, stop listening to this podcast because it is not. Contrary to my near constant protestations, a family show. <laughs> I like like learning Roman numerals was so satisfying to me as a young person. Like sure. figuring out, you know, okay, if I is one and V is five, then when like... When in the counting do you go to the V? You know, one, two, three, all eyes. Four? No, no. Uh, uh-uh. uh. Now you go to the. You need the five and the one before it, and that's how you get your four. Like, and and then like, when do you go to the X for ten? And when do you start putting shit in front of the X? You know what I mean? Like, uh, it's mm-hmm, just it's mm-hmm, very mm-hmm. satisfying. That's all. Uh, you know a- what else M- is satisfying? M. Oh God. <laughs> I want to try to do twenty twenty three. M. M. X, X, I, I, I. That's pretty easy, actually. Mm-hmm. Great. It was more when we were in the nineteen the 1900s. <laughs> Kill me. <laughs> it was more when we were in the 1900s that it was fun, because then you would get the C before the M, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, like MCM was 19. Fucking yep. MCM. Yep. 1998. Do 1998 in Roman numerals, Jenny. MCM. <laughs> Oh, what's 50? Is it D or L? 50 is fucking L. I forgot about 50. So would it be... (sighs) I think it would be XC. Right. Okay. Clearly it's not as burned into our brains as we thought. My guess is M-C-M-X-C-V-I-I-I. Okay. (laughs) Sounds compelling to me i am so excited for this new segment where i decide to try to make a different number out of uh roman numerals every episode (laughs) no no that is not a segment i'm making Um, it happen listen i've actually just had a realization yes when buffy breaks into room 30 and she finds uh the guy with the frowning monocle scar art Mm mm-hmm uh, she tells her compatriots to heal the soldiers and see who else they've got in these cells. And this guy says, no one worth much. The only one who could have helped you was Rain. Do you know what the inciting incident was for Ethan Rain to be imprisoned by a government cell? Well, it's when in at the end of a new man, Riley calls in the initiative <gasps> after Ethan has done all of his... Dirty little hijinks. Raining around, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And the initiative takes him to uh, a containment facility. Huh. So this guy is connected. This is my hypothesis. This guy is connected in some way to the initiative, even though the initiative was like, (laughs) control-alt-deleted a long time ago. (laughs) 
salt so we salted the earth god damn it um, oh my gosh i can't remember because it's been so long since i read these comics but it's starting to feel like uh we're gonna be seeing riley finn in the near future oh man <laughs> Kristen. Just be thankful that, uh, actually, should you be thankful for this? Buffy could have been in her little nurse's uniform, chained up in between Riley, Spike, and Angel. Honestly, I would take it. I, that I would like. I would yeah, like. that would be good. Yeah. Um, I, listen, all hunks all day. I, that's fine. I just don't know how I feel about reading any uh, Riley arcs on on the paper, but mm-hmm. we'll, we'll find out. Uh, Ethan Rain appears to be dead, right? Uh, this panel really looks... That's, yeah, that's what I think is implied here. Like a and, deceased um, Ethan Rain. Very cool use of color. This guy, this general or whatever, tells Buffy, she says, the mark, and he says, Twilight is coming for you, for all your monstrous spawn. It all ends very soon. Okay, so this is the symbol of Twilight. <laughs> Edward? Bella? <laughs> Hold on, little spider monkey. <laughs> uh, he says that. Uh, he says you've upset the balance, girl. Do you really think we were going to sit by and let you create a master race? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. This is very um, X Men to me. Uh, like the idea, or at least the way that I understood it, which, you know, 50% mm-hmm. of the time is wrong, but we'll find out. Uh, but it's like the idea that because Buffy is mystical, like that the Slayer is like magical, it doesn't matter to like non-magical humans that she is, is she and all of the Slayers are put here to like help defend the world against demons. What matters to them is that they're magical and they're too powerful. So they have to be like extinguished, which to me is like, X that's how I understand X-Men like the plot of X-Men is like we don't care what you use your powers for their powers so you must die mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. be contained you know one or the other one or the other yep 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 and this man says you're at war with the human race and Buffy says oh beat beat okay <laughs> Good, very good. Those last panels really beautiful. The four faces of Buffy as she works from hearing the information to fuck off. Actually, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Um. Okay, so uh, that's f- those are four parts of one whole, and then the chain is a is an issue that sort of stands alone. Um, Jenny and I are wondering if there's an, a word for what you call, because like the chain does go with the the four parts, you know, it's like, right, but it's but not it's kind of a one off. Yeah. So I don't know if, if you're a big comic nerd, a, a bigger comic nerd than Jenny um, and, you know, like names for for what it's called when these little one guys come, uh, these little one guys come. I'm doing good. Let <laughs> us know. I understood let me can, can I read you instead of you telling me what happened first can I just read you my notes oh yeah Kristen tell me everything you know about the chain the chain my notes are I have no idea what's happening it's a story about <laughs> what it's like to find your power interconnected the one picked to be Buffy underground fairies so the underground Buffy died I think Joss needs to calm down I don't know what happened <laughs> <laughs> okay so we're getting we're getting a little bit of a window into the larger scope of let's call it Slayers Inc. 
Great. Mm. Right. We know that we've learned in the previous issues that there are two sort of like decoy Buffy's to like thin, you know, dilute the bullseye on Buffy's back. It's too bad that the right? Buffy bot was destroyed. Yeah. And it's too bad that the person who understands the technology that created the Buffy bot <laughs> is a mortal enemy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, OK, so what all what all is going on here? We're meeting this gal do we ever learn her name i don't think we well that's my okay so there's so i learned far in that the buffy from the beginning is underground buffy Mm -hmm. and underground we have things like fairies but Mm -hmm. what i'm confused about is the schoolgirls and the boy and how they fit into the underground okay so the girl with the black hair yeah at the picnic table is the girl who becomes underground Buffy. Okay, cool. By the end, I was like, I think maybe this is what the vibe is, but I wasn't sure. It's kind of like non-chronological, so maybe we could look at it chronologically, actually. Okay. You know, um, this girl is at detention, we think, or she's just at lunch, but they have detention. They're talking about detention. But she does have short, uh, choppy black hair, so we would assume first that she was in detention. Detention. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, uh, we see her get sort of tossed backwards from the picnic table in a way that's later revealed to be her Slayer powers coming into existence. Got it. Manifesting, right? So not and, the boy uh, punching we her. See this, Got it. We see Got this it. incredible commercial that Andrew and Vi apparently shot together. Oh, it's so that's my favorite which, part of this issue. Oh, I broke another one. Andrew, with his pi- back on his pipe bullshit. <laughs> Something wrong, honey? I can't control my strength and I'm having dreams that are strange and disturb me. Dreams of being another girl in another time? <gasps> That's amazing. How did you know? This pamphlet came in the mails. It explains how many modern women and girls are suffering from this unnamed condition. <gasps> There's a support group? That's right, just dial 1-800-CHOSEN-1 to meet girls who have this alarming yet fun condition. <laughs> alarming yet fun condition. Also, I so love, that's, I we love lo- that you had me here the whole time, but that your choice was to do both voices. It really worked. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Uh, so, okay, so this is giving us a window right into how they're amassing their squads mm-hmm. of all of these women flung across the globe who are getting their powers uh and we see her sort of intake appointment this is a cult right and then bonding with other people who are having the same experience as her training with those people uh listening to guest speaker rupert giles (laughs) (laughs) when he comes to visit podium that's right looking hot uh we see her and some other new slayers in their first sort of like vampire fight. She gets bitten in the neck, but survives. And uh, one of her comrades says, hey, uh, I hear Buffy's got a neck wound, too. Then we see her oh. in consultation with a woman who's saying, like, OK, you'd need a serious dye job and you'd need to maintain it yourself. Your body type is good. Your height is good. Um, we we want to send you deep, deep, 
deep underground. It's incredibly dangerous. And then we see her post-Buffy transformation uh, repelling into a yawning maw. Definitely. Uh, passing a slug test. Ooh. Telling the slugs and the fairies who are clearly at odds with each other, okay, if you want to be uh, safe, you're going to have to work together because Yaman of Hot is coming and uh, he's going to fuck you guys up. Um, oh, forgive me for this break in chronology. It's the next to last thing that we see in the issue. Uh, right after she sort of gets her Slayer powers at the picnic table... A Mack truck comes careening wildly out of control into the picnic table area. She kicks two girls at the picnic table away from uh, Danger's Path and then throws Mike also out of harm's way. And then she herself absorbs the strike of a Mack truck. And she's like, waza. Got it. Okay. It, okay. all ma- it all it all makes so much more sense now. You know, the thing that honestly threw me the most is one of the very first panels. Uh, Mike is this guy's name. Mm-hmm. That's what threw me because I didn't understand it. It it's the thing I I think without that I might have might have grasped the chronology a little bit better. But him being inserted yeah. into the um sort of like underground battle in the beginning was what i was confused mm-hmm. about i was like is he somehow related to the underground but now it all makes sense this all makes total sense and it makes me like the issue a lot more than i did cuz i did not understand what was happening yeah yeah um <clears throat> and great. so then just to put the uh the last bookend on here um buffy f- buffy this buffy underground buffy uh, engages in battle with Yamanhot and uh, is killed. And just after she's killed, reinforcements come dropping down. Slayers, fairies, uh, but too late for poor underground Buffy. Hmm. Um, R.I.P. R.I.P. I love the slugs. Um <laughs> the slugs are fun. The slugs. I just love the design of the slugs. I think they're very fun and cool. I also something that we haven't talked about in sort of like a macro way is, um, well, I guess you you hit one piece of it, which is that Ethan Rain could be anyone because we're reading it, not watching it. But also like I think what fun to get to tell stories without the budgetary restraints. Um, oh yeah, you yeah. know <laughs> you can't like you probably wouldn't have been able to make Dawn a giant, and you know these slugs would not have looked. We know these slugs would not have looked this cool <laughs> on the screen in two thousand and seven. Um, yeah, but yeah, I love this. I love the slugs. I love the fairies. Um, I definitely the panel where uh, fake Buffy is wrapped in the slug looks exactly like Britney Spears at the VMAs to me. That's what I saw there. Um, And also, I think Giles looks incredibly hot at the podium. These are my notes. (laughs) He's wearing, because, because, folks, he's not wearing, like, a button-up underneath that blazer. He's wearing just, like, a T-shirt underneath the blazer. And he looks great. (laughs) He does indeed. Uh, Yeah, no wardrobe budgets uh constraining things either yeah Um, it's really cool that the bite to the neck is what put her in the running to be buffy that is something i did not pick up on and is very very fun for me and 
I want to read, I think this is like a really nice piece of writing at the end mm-hmm. of the issue. Uh, as we're seeing the, the, we're finally seeing the battle between Underground Buffy and Yamat Hot. She's talking about, uh, you know, carrying the name Buffy, yeah. right? She says, but there's millions of people go into making a name. People facing things they couldn't imagine they would. In the moments that matter, even our own names are just sounds people make to tell us apart. What we are isn't that. The real questions run deeper. Can I fight? Did I help? Did I do for my sisters, my comrades, children, slimy slug clan? There is a chain between each and every one of us. And like the man said, you either feel its tug or you ignore it. I tried to feel it. I tried to face the darkness like a woman, and I don't need any more than that. You don't have to remember me. You don't even know who I am. But I do. Mm-hmm. A spicy meatball! Yeah. It's very nice. Yeah. I love, I mean, there's like a lot in there. The sentiment also of you either feel its tug or you ignore it, you know? I think is mm-hmm. is like a beautiful uh other piece of what is beautiful about the name and all of that is just like the idea that this that the thing that connects all of us is there for all of us um and it's just a matter of if you ignore it or not mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. very 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 nice very very nice wow it's interesting well, here we like- are Sorry, I was, oh. uh, sorry, I was I was just rereading it because I was thinking about like the value of a name because because, you know, there are so many other stories told about like the power in a name, like naming something. I mean, even like uh, the, the of course, like the first thing that came to my mind is the never ending story. Right. Where like he has to say her name like and and what this uh, bit is saying is in the moment because I do think like there is power and value in naming in a name. Um, and it's, and it's like to share the story, to share the history, to like whatever. But this is like, she is talking about in the moment. It is not the name in the moment. It is all these other things as well. Uh, so it was just, mm-hmm. I was just taking a moment to sort of uh, p- pick through it for myself. Um, anyway, we did it. We did something. I, I don't know if it was it, but we certainly did something, Jenny. We did it. We talked about the first five issues so of the Buffy season eight comics. We started with three Buffies and we're down to two. That's right. We've got Rome Buffy and Scotland Buffy uh, mm-hmm. out and about. We've got uh, the symbology of the upside down brown monocle guy that is the symbol of twilight, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, we sure do. And we've got, we don't, we don't know what's behind the door yet. Is that true? The 3X door, the 30 door? In th- room 30, uh, there was a dead Ethan Rain Right. And a general with his little right. uh, monocle frown to scar art. Right, 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 right. Okay. And then we, don't, I am most invested, I am least invested in the relationship between Amy and Warren. And I uh-huh. am 
most invested in who's in love with Buffy, and I am uh-huh. medium invested in Giant Dawn. <laughs> uh, great, great. Uh, you're not interested in uh, how Kennedy died for oh. uh, one mystical month, right? We didn't talk about that. There's the the exchange between Buffy and Willow. I was so caught up in what they what she was covered in that they couldn't talk to Xander about that. I forgot mm. the part about Kennedy. <laughs> Kennedy died, but only for a month. It was a mystical death, and now they're, like, sort of taking some time apart. Yeah, 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 as you do. As you do. I, what's, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I'm not, I have to be honest with you, I'm not super invested yet. I don't, I love, I loved Kennedy, but, like, I don't, re, I don't, I don't feel like, wow, can't wait to find out what happened. That's not something that I feel okay. compelled by at this stage. Cool, cool. <laughs> Kristen. Yes. Since you've never read these comics. Yes. Why don't you tell, why don't you just go ahead, throw a few darts at the board? What do you think is going to happen? Who do you think's in love with Buffy? What do you think is going to happen with Dawn being a giant? And what do you think is going to happen with Amy and Warren? Okay. Um, I think that Dawn will only be a giant for one more like I think in the next volume, mm-hmm. Dawn will be de-giantized because Buffy and Dawn will have a heart to heart and they will talk mm-hmm. about their feelings and they will figure we will probably unfortunately meet a th- Kenny, the thrice wise um, <laughs> or another thrice wise, because I know we will eventually find out what a thrice wise looks like and Dawn will be regular sized again um, and mm. Buffy and Dawn will get along again. That has to happen sort of soon, I would think. I would hope, because I don't want them to not be getting along. I like when they get along. Yeah. I really do not know who is in love with Buffy in this room, because I cannot imagine a reality where it would be Xander or Willow, because that doesn't feel good or fair. Uh, that feels like a rewriting of the show that we watched. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And who else is in the room? There's just a bunch of slayers in the room, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do we know Do we know other people in this room apart from um, Willow and Xander and then the slayers that we've met along the way? I don't know. <laughs> like Satsu is in the room. Okay, so uh, so if it's Willow, I'm looking at the panel, and what I see is Willow, I see Xander, and then I see a bunch of Slayers. I don't think I recognize any of the Slayers in this panel, but I think that's Satsu is Satsu is in Scotland, right? Yes. I, I'm gonna guess that too, okay? Because listen, mm. who else could it be? Why? Who else could it possibly be? Uh, nobody else is here except for maybe Amy. Do you think? Well, I don't think Amy was in the room then. Imagine if Amy was in love with Buffy. Yes, I can actually. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm going Satsu, uh, Jenny, for my guess there. Okay. Um, I do want to say that now that I'm looking back through the panels again, wondering who might be in love with Buffy, there is a very prominent placement for this Slayer who I don't think we know, who's just always wearing a backwards baseball hat. Yep, yep. So I'm going to actually change my guess 
oh, to okay. um, Joe. That's what I'm naming her. Joe the Slayer. <laughs> Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think maybe it's her. Okay. 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 And then what do you think is going to happen with Amy and Warren? Do you think we'll ever see them again? Yeah. Unfortunately, we will see Amy and Warren again. And I, th- and I, what I'm hoping is that in order to survive and keep her power, Amy is left with only one choice, and it is that she has to destroy her one true love, Warren, so that Warren gets destroyed by both Willow and Amy, and we never have to see him in his skin or out of his skin ever again. <laughs> Lord, let it be so. <laughs> Um, I want to say at the end of this episode that this is the first time that we've talked through comics like this. So if you have any thoughts or questions or comments or feedback, we sure are here for it um, because we want to make this journey as fun for you as it is for us. Indeed. What Kristen said. Well, I guess that's the first five issues of Buffy season eight comic book form discussed by us isn't it it is and i'm so excited i'm really proud of us i'm really proud of myself for understanding at least 12 percent of what happened <laughs> incredible uh well i'm jenny owen youngs and i'm Kristen russo and uh till next time that was us flipping the pages of our comic books We are the hosts of Comic Sans, the podcast about comics for those who are sans knowledge. I'm Yen, a reader, writer, liver, and breather of comic books. And I'm Nat, and I know absolutely nothing about comics. Which makes both of us authorities in our respective fields. Exactly. Hey, wait. On Comic Sans, I make Nat read some of my favorite comics, including Sandman, Saga, and Lore Olympus. And Yen tells me what makes that comic special. Then I hear what Nat thinks, and I try to avoid a pulmonary embolism. While I actively try to give him one. Listen to Comic Sans on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can already binge our first season, and we just released a special bonus episode on Across the Spider-Verse. Hey, Nat, before we go, I'll give you 50 bucks if you can tell me what Comic-Con is. Is it related to Chili Con Carn? Do you mean chili con carne? Maybe we should be chili sands.